Spotify. Hello. Thank you for choosing the Lackadaisical Libricubicularist Podcast. Without further delay, here is your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello! Welcome to the Librocube. My name is Jordan Maywood and I am the Lackadaisical Librocubicularist. Today within the Librocube is Movie Monday. Move over Monday. It's Movie Monday, which is not as bad. In fact, it is gooder than a regular Monday because we add movies to it. And I suppose technically you could listen to it on a Saturday if you really wanted to. And that is something. Not sure what it is, but it is something. Something I like to say at the top of every show is that there will be spoilers, folks. I am guaranteed goddamn that I will spoil things within these two, count them two, movies I am going to talk about today. So, uh, sometimes, as I am doing right now, speaking these words, we'll drag out the spoiler warning so as to really, really cover my ass like so much underwear. So very, very much. Another thing I like to say is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. No, that's ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment in iTunes, where this podcast is located, where I believe most podcast listeners will listen to it, although I could be wrong. If you do that, that is also gooder because that's what helps others find the podcast. It helps it to grow audience-wise. So that will take us into the last piece of podcast-related business, which is, of course, today's sponsor, which is Disney Brand Cocaine. Once again, today's sponsor is Disney Brand Cocaine. Make everywhere the happiest place on Earth. All right, so two, count them two movies. Well, don't count them. You don't have to count them. I I will be talking about both of them, which sort of facilitates no need for the counting of them, which I will try to get and will goddamn well succeed at getting done on the way to work. Wish me luck. Time traveling luck because... I've already done this, or not done it, so your luck will have to travel backwards in time. Fascinating. Movie the first is a a film called Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Count (laughs) them. I feel like I'm saying that a lot, but that time I did it on purpose. Count them. Two kisses. Count them. Two bangs. Mmm. Double kiss, double bang. Lovely. This is a movie that will fall into the category of me not realizing that I have seen it already and then saying, hey, this movie looks good, why don't I watch it? Yeah, one of those ones. Does that happen to anybody else but me? I'm not sure. I think it has something to do with the sort of copious amount of movies I watch. However, there's got to be people out there who watch more movies than I do. So, in an effort to get a little audience participation as I try to do, you can tweet at me, Jordan underscore Maywood, or email me to the address provided in the closing credits. Would love to hear from you. Would love 
in this case, specifically, to hear from you if this happens to you. If you throw a movie on, and then you get, you know, five, ten, sometimes embarrassingly more minutes into it before realizing, hey, I've seen this movie. That being said, I, I did enjoy it. I, I must have enjoyed it the first time I saw it. However, I guess, potentially, it is not that memorable a movie, which, after watching it, kind of doesn't make sense, because it was very, very good. Just sort of on that note, why don't I unprofessionally, as I do, give out my rating right at the top, so I don't forget. Uh, I'm going to go easy 4 to 5. Yeah, solid, solid 4 to 5. Very much enjoyed it. The movie, if you are unfamiliar with it, came out, I guess, in the early 2000s. That's one of those things that, if I was not recording this podcast while driving to and from work, I could look up, perhaps, in front of a computer. However, no, that is not what I do. If I did this for a living, professionally, then I would be at home. But that's a whole kettle of fish which we will not open. Anyways, it came out at some point in the past. It stars Mr. Robert Downey Jr., who is... I think it's safe to say, and most people would agree with this fact, that does he do a bad movie? Is he in movies in which the movie is bad or he is bad within them? Uh, to that, I would surmise that no, that, that does not happen. So right off the bat, you got some uh, some goodness brewing within the bosom of this movie. Uh-huh. Also, starring Val Kilmer, who has done bad movies. <laughs> yeah. That being said, he is very, very good in this. I think it may have been one of sort of his breakout roles in which he sort of sort of uh, showed his acting chops a little bit. Uh, I say that because I think he, within this, is probably one of his best roles that he has ever done, sort of, period, full stop. He played uh, Gay Perry. <laughs> Gay Perry. That is a man by the name of Perry, who has the nickname Gay Perry, as he is gay. Yeah, yeah. He is a private eye. Yeah. Got, this movie has a little bit, kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of, of a uh, film noir feel. Also a dark comedy feel. So you got a dark, you got a noir, you got a film, and you got a comedy. So put all those things together, and if you've listened to many of these podcast episodes, you will know it's going to be hitting a bunch of my like buttons, very, very much so. Robert Downey Jr., who is sort of the main character of this, plays a thief. Yeah, basically. A thief who, while performing a job, it sort of goes awry, and he's running from the cops, as you do when you're a thief. Cops and robbers. They quite often call that. Mm -hmm. He, in an effort to evade them, ducks into a room in which auditions for a movie are taking place. <laughs> this is one of the first sort of glimpses of comedy, other than the fact that he was robbing a toy store for his daughter. He jumps in, and the edition taking place that he has handed the script to is basically describing the events that just transpired in which his robbing partner was shot and probably murdered, although we never find out. It's kind of strange, actually. His robbing buddy, we never hear from again, so I guess we can assume he died. From that point on, he's sort of, he's sort of picked up 
and thrown into this acting world, this Hollywood, or Hollyweird, perhaps in this case, world, and becomes entangled with that whole scene. Throughout the course of the movie, all the events that take place are actually being narrated. Well, not all the events, but a great majority of the events in this movie are being narrated by Mr. Robert Downey Jr., and uh, I, I like that. It's uh, it just sort of his uh, attitude, his sort of lackadaisical, uh, uh, laid back, relaxed, throwing out the jokes, uh, delivery of his narration lines really, really seems to suit the style of movie like 100%. Without this narration, this movie probably would only have been, I'd go like half as good. Half as good. Uh, a lot of it is sort of uh, breaking the third wall, him talking to the audience of this movie as if it is a movie. So uh, I was, I like that in the movie. It's, I suppose it can go awry, but it does not in this case. The sort of holly weird turmoil he gets involved with involves, huh? Involved with involves a murder, uh huh? And a rich man and his daughter and a doppelganger. Yeah, love a good doppelganger. I think because I am sort of trying to fit two movies in on my way to work, and I've already devoted a large amount of time to this, I think I might get away with not spoiling this too much. So I won't. Hey, good on you. Not going to be spoiled. Watch it for yourself if you have not seen it. Very, very good. Highly recommended. Sort of interplay between Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer is just some of the best you will see. Some of the best. Got those sections have sort of a cop-buddy comedy feel to them. Robert Downey's character is kind of stupid. Just a little bit. A slight dusting of stupidity. Whereas Val Kilmer is kind of on the ball at all times, 24-7, pointing out uh, Robert Downey's stupidity. And uh, to great comedic effect. There's a love interest, as there is a uh, young girl who Robert Downey knew as a child all sort of intertwined with this murder and mystery and solving of problems and being framed for murder and uh, clues. Gotta have some clues in there. And uh, that's it. All wrapped up in a tight, neat little package. Moving on to movie the second. Huh. Yeah, that's what's gonna happen. Two comes after one. In this case, a little uh, film no, this one's a movie called Spring Breakers. Spring Breakers. You may have heard of this. Just recently came out. I will say that sort of on this front, I've had this movie in the queue for a little bit and kept asking the missus if she wanted to watch it, and she always sort of poo-pooed it, said, meh, meh, meh. So, without even telling her, I said, screw it, I'm watching it myself. The fact that she does not listen to this podcast means I could just say what I just said, and she will have no awareness of said sayings. One of the sort of reasons I decided this would be a good idea, too, and this is sort of works together with TV Tuesday coming up tomorrow, is that uh, I guess you could kind of say the star of this movie, kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of, is James Franco. And the missus and I watched on the weekend the Comedy Central roast of James Franco, which I will talk about in tomorrow, in tomorrow's TV Tuesday episode. So hey, it all sort of is a nice melding of Mondays 
and Tuesdays and movies and TV. It's all connected, people. All connected. This is a strange movie. And I like a strange movie. It's almost the first probably half hour or so is a different movie from the last part of the movie. The, la the first half hour is uh, is sort of a... It's almost like a episode of... Episode. I don't know if they're called episodes. It's almost like a... Uh, let's just call it an episode because I don't know what they're called. An episode of Girls Gone Wild. That's sort of the feel to the first, say, 30 minutes of the movie. Which is good, I suppose, from the sense of being a dirty old man and... Uh, holy shit! Did you hear that? That was a motorcycle probably going, if I had to guess, over 200 kilometers an hour easily. I have never seen a motorcycle go as fast as that guy was just going. Wow. Gonna kill himself, man. Okay, anyways, motorcycle break completed. Yeah, so it's basically freaking girls gone wild, topless girls shaking their various assets. Uh, 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 drinking, partying, stuff like that. Which is good for the reason that I suppose it will pull in the guys, like myself. However, if you were a girl watching this, I can understand you sort of saying after 15, 20 minutes of this type of thing, saying, this movie is ridiculous, I'm turning it off. However, uh, it would be a shame if you did do that, because the movie sort of takes a sudden friggin' left turn into a totally different movie that um, is gooder. Yes, we're using the word gooder today. Uh, on that note, why don't I give my rating of... I'm going to go probably a 4 out of 5 for this as well. Not a solid 4 out of 5, like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. However, a 4 out of 5 nonetheless. If you are a girl and find that the shaking of T and A of young ladies is not acceptable and discriminatory and sexist and what have you, you will probably give the first half hour of this movie a very, very low score. So keep that in mind. That is a convoluted rating, but that is just what I do. If you are unfamiliar with this movie, it's sort of boiled down four girls go on spring break to St. Pete's, which is in Florida. That's, uh, that's nothing sort of crazy there. However, two or three, I can't actually remember now, of these girls, in order to get money for this trip, robbed a restaurant beforehand. And that's sort of where the movie takes a twist and a change. And it gets pretty dark at some point. It's actually very, very dark, which I like that uh, darkness put into a movie that you, don't, you do not see it coming, especially after just thinking it's a sort of light, airy teen rob during summer, spring break, I mean. The girls in question, I wrote them down, are all, I do believe, and this was sort of one of the, the polls, I guess, of this movie when they were showing it around when it first came out, uh, are all from former Disney-related television shows. Uh, Selena Gomez was one, and she was, I think, the only one I sort of knew of beforehand. Vanessa Hudgens, I heard, I've heard the name, I, I'm not sure which one was Vanessa Hudgens. Ashley Benson, not sure which one that was, and Rachel Corrine, I'm not sure which one that was. They are at uh, 
one of these sort of crazy parties at the beginning, doing a little cocaine off a naked lady, uh-huh, as you do, and uh, the cops busted up and they're arrested. Uh, they were going to have to spend some nights in jails, in jails, in jails cells, because they have no money. However, along comes Mr. James Franco. Another sort of uh, thing they use to sell this movie to the masses is how James Franco uh, looked during the filming of this movie with his sort of corn rolls and grills. He, he they did a very, very good job with his sort of look, and he kind of doesn't look like himself, which I guess is what they were going for. He decides to bail these girls out of the goodness, um, out of the goodness of his heart, of course. Mm -hmm. No, that is not why he does it. He does it for nefarious means, I guess you would say. Uh, it ends up that the girls sort of drop off one by one. First, Selena Gomez, who's sort of the most um, pious, I think is a way of looking at it. One, she decides that shit is going down and it is not good shit. Then three girls remain and they're sort of in, enmeshed in this gangster kind of lifestyle until James Franco gets messed up with some other bad gangster folk and is shot at one of these girls is shot as an arm. She decides at that point, <laughs> that's enough of that, and decides to leave. So lastly, it's the two remaining girls, the two friggin' crazy girls, and uh, I will say they did a pretty goddamn good job of being crazy in this movie. They decide that the two of them, dressed in bikinis and pink ski masks, are going to, with James Franco, go after the guys who shot up her friend, and that's sort of how the movie ends, with a shootout at the, um, at the B-Cup Corral. Huh? Shoot up at the B-Cup Corral. I believe that might be what we call this episode. Folks, we did it! Yeah. That, of course, leaves one final thing to say, which is obviously, it is nice to be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address, mailwood.jordan at gmail.com. And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. No, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Come the day you're mine Live long and prosper